0: you are tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay, and online around the world at kwtf.net. I am your host, Tristy Taylor, and we are Spilling Rubies. Because as Clarissa Pinkola Estes once said, to create, one must be willing to be stone stupid, to sit upon a throne on top of a donkey and spill rubies from one's mouth. As some of you already know, I'm a serious book nerd. I read 101 books in 2014, and tonight I'm going to share some of my favorite books that were released this past year. And since this is a radio program, I'm going to also play music that connects directly, at least for me, with these books. So tonight, let me be your audio librarian and take you through my favorite stacks of the best books of 2014. We'll are tuned in to KWTF, 80.1 FM Bodega Bay, and around the world on kwtf.net. You just heard Books by Blank Dogs from their 2009 album Under and Under. Tonight I'm going to talk about my top six favorite books released in 2014. They aren't in any specific order, so don't get any ideas about that. I love them all equally. Let's start with Ben Lerner's excellent 1004, and yes, that title is taken directly from the film Back to the Future, which Lerner was heavily influenced by as a child. I find this hilarious because I always found that movie to be pretty silly. I'm a little bit older than Ben Lerner, so um, I was kind of uh, too old really to like that movie, but he's a little bit younger, so it touched him deeply. And Ben Lerner is a very brilliant writer, so I love that he's so passionately connected to this kind of fluffy, silly film. Ben Lerner's writing style, blending fiction with nonfiction, and autobiographical facts with other facets of his existence lights up all my little gray cells and feels like a confirmation of the way I myself view the world. He is a truth teller to the deepest core, even when he is making up or embroidering the tale to create a flowing narrative. He makes connections with seemingly random things, and while his mind is sharp and brilliant and full of cold, hard facts, he manages to bring just as much warmth and humor and humanity to the science he shares. It's woven and cooked and folded in such a delicious way. I was sad when it ended. I wanted to keep walking beside him and hearing his views and ideas and thoughts and feelings about the world around him, as well as the way he really manipulates time.
1: Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times times Cold-blooded old times Type of memories That turn your bones to glass Turn your bones to glass Mother came rushing in She said we didn't see a thing We said we didn't see a thing And father left at eight Splintering the game Cold-blooded old, times. Cold-blooded old times
2: Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times The type of
1: memories That turn your bones to glass Turn your bones to glass Girl, you were just a little squirrel You understood every word And in this way, they gave you clarity A cold-blooded clarity Cold blooded all times. Cold blooded all times. How can I stand and laugh with the man
3: who redefines your body?
1: How can I stand, and laugh with the man, who redefined your body, in those cold blooded old
2: times, cold blooded old times, cold blooded old times.
0: go on quite a journey with our protagonist, who both is and is not the author, Ben Lerner. In the following excerpt, we get an amazing description of a moment in which our hero accidentally does drugs and starts to dip in and out of reality. I was laughing, too. In fact, I saw myself from the outside in the third person in a separate window laughing in slow motion. But then, having done such a stimulant, why was I outside of myself? Why was time slowing? Before I knew it, I was trying hard to hold on to that question, felt it was the last link between me and my body, but soon the question didn't belong to me, was just another thing there in the courtyard from which my consciousness was turning away. Then I was a relation between the heater, the sky, and the blue gleam of the pool, and then I was gone, wasn't anything at all the darkest sky in North America. The last vestige of my personality was my terror at my personality's dissolution. So I clung to it desperately, climbed it like a rope ladder back into my body. Once there, I told my arm to move the cigarette to my lips, watched it do so, but had no sense of the arm or lips as mine, had no... proprioception... But when I inhaled the smoke, I didn't know how the cigarette came to be lit. I could recognize it as traveling down into my chest, which was comforting, anchoring. It was the first cigarette I'd had since they discovered my aortic dilation. Only after the young woman in the bathing suit said, K, ketamine mainly, I thought you knew. Did I hear myself ask, what the F was that?
1: It happened before
2: our time. They disguised themselves as pirate invaders and, and set out to sea. And through their love walk is overboard as the salty air sweeps their hair and the winds is It happened before our time. We dug two tunnels through the endless sidewalks.
0: You are tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay, and streaming live around the world at kwtf.net. You just heard It Happened Before Our Time by Jeremy J. from his 2010 album Splash. The next book on my best of 2014 list is The Blazing World by Siri Hustved. It was published in March by Simon & Schuster, and it essentially follows the fictional story of a New York artist named Harriet Burden but it tells the story entirely in various texts compiled after her death so there is a cornucopia of perspectives trying to tell us who Harriet really is or was it's almost like a puzzle that the reader has to piece together and once you have an idea of who this complicated artist is and why she did the things she did you read a new perspective and your idea of her shifts a little bit a very interesting aspect to this book is that this female artist more or less takes on the persona of a male artist and watches how differently her work is received. It tackles the sexist, capitalist, nepotistic art gallery scene as well as life as a middle-aged woman. When you slowly begin to disappear from the world because your beauty no longer gets you noticed, and we are told Harriet's beauty didn't often get her positive reactions because she was born in the body of an almost giant, it also chronicles the dying process and some of the most powerful and truthful writing I have ever encountered. Well, I was
4: lying in bed one morning, trying to think of a really good reason to get up, and the phone rang, and it was Jerry, and she said, Hey, hi! How are you? What's going on? How's your work going? Oh, fine, you know, just waking up, but it's fine. It's going okay. How's yours? a lot of work you know i'm trying to make some money too listen i gotta get back to it uh just thought i'd call to see how you are i said yeah you know we really should get together next week you know have lunch and talk and then she says yeah i'll be in touch okay okay listen take care take it easy see you soon bye 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 now and i get up and the phone rings again and it's a man from cleveland and he says hey hi how are you? listen. Uh, I'm doing a performance series, and I'd like you to do something in it. You know, you can make a little money. I don't know how I feel about your work. You know, uh, it's not really my style. Kind of try it, but listen, it's just my opinion. Don't take it personally. So listen, I'll be in town next week. I gotta go now, but I'll give you a call. We'll have lunch. We can discuss a few things. I hang up, and it rings again, and I don't answer it. And I go out for a walk. I drop in at the gallery, and they say. Hey, hi, how are you? Fine, you know, how's your work going? Okay, you know, it's just not like it was in the 60s. Those were the days, there's just no money around now. You know, survive, produce, stick it out. It's a jungle out there, so just keep working, and the phone rings, and she says, oh, excuse me, will you? Well, hi, how are you? How's your work? Good, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, stick it out. Uh, it's not the 60s, you know, listen, I gotta go now, Your yeah, lunch would be great. Next week? Yeah, great. Very busy now, but next week would be fine. Okay, bye now. And I go to Magoo's for a bite, and I see Frank, and I go over to his table, and I say, Hey, Frank, hi, how are you? How's your work? Good. Okay, yeah, mine's okay, too. You know, I'm broke, you know, but working. Listen, I gotta go. Um, okay, listen, we should really get together. Why don't you drop by sometime? Yeah, that would to be great. Uh, listen, take care. Take it easy. I'll see you. I'll call you. Bye-bye. Bye now. And I go to a party, and everyone's sitting around wearing these party hats, and it's really awkward, and no one can think of anything to say. So we all move around fast. And it's, Hi, how are you? Hey, listen, where have you been? Nice to see you. Sorry I didn't make your performance last week. Listen, we should really get together next week. You know, I'll call you. I'll see you. Okay bye-bye, and I go home, and the phone rings, and it's Alan, and he says, hey, hi, listen, I'm going to have a show on cable TV, and it's going to be about loneliness, you know, people in the city who, for whatever sociological, psychological, philosophical reasons, just can't seem to communicate, you know, the gap, the gap. Uh, you know, it'll be a talk show, and people will phone in, but we will say at the beginning of each program, listen, don't call in with your personal problems, because we don't want to hear them. And I'm going to sleep, and it rings again, and it's Mary, and she says, Hey, Lori, hi, how are you? Listen, just call to say hi, um, and don't worry, listen, just keep working. i got to go now. I know it's late, but uh, we should really get together next week. And listen, Lori, if you want to talk, I'll leave my answering machine on and just give me a ring anytime.
0: I'd like to read an excerpt from The Blazing World now. This particular passage is from a letter written by Harriet's daughter about how complex and often paradoxical her mother was. Not long after she moved, my mother said to me, Maisie, I can fly! Her energy was up, to say the least. I read somewhere about hypomania, and I asked myself if my mother might not be hypomanic. Mourning can be complicated by all kinds of nervous ups and downs, and she was really sick after my father died. She was so weak and thin, she could hardly move. But after she recovered, she didn't stop. My mother worked long hours in her studio every day, and after that she read for two or three hours, one book after another, novels, philosophy, art, and science. She kept journals and notebooks. She bought herself one of those big, heavy punching bags and hired a woman named Wanda to give her some boxing lessons. Sometimes I felt limp just looking at her.
5: Oh, well, a woman, soft, dirty man. been a cause of trouble ever since the world began, oh yeah, ever since the world began.
6: Woman is a born the of a now to deep,
5: Listen here to me Don't you let me catch you, messing another day.
3: Aladdin, Aladdin
6: please
3: Keep your cotton-picking fingers on my curly hair, oh yeah Ever since the world began
1: Doing, and started playing with that evil Chazabelle, oh yeah Ever since the world began Oh, oh, oh,
6: oh The hardy woman is the thorn in the side of the mind
0: are tuned in to kwtf 88.1 fm bodega bay and streaming live around the world at kwtf.net you just heard hard-headed woman by the one and only wanda jackson next up on my favorite books of 2014 is why are you so sad by jason porter Published in January, 2014 by Plume, this book follows Raymond Champs, an illustrator of IKEA-like assembly manuals who faces a kind of crisis of faith. He more or less comes to the conclusion that everyone he knows, everyone on the planet, is suffering from clinical depression. He crafts a kind of amazing survey which he gives to his fellow coworkers and which he calls an emotional well-being self-appraisal. And the questions include, Are you single? Are you having an affair? When was the last time you felt happy? Are you who you want to be? Would you prefer to be someone else? Is today worse than yesterday?
3: Writing you this letter To say I'm feeling better getting used to spending all my nights alone wouldn't worry about it i can do without it writing you to say i'm on the right track now My consolations, my anticipation keeps me smiling every time I think your way. I see morning showers, while away my hours, writing you to say I'm on the right track now. If you'd come and see me really free me tell me what the trip you took has done for you come and be my lover I think you'll discover that I'm like a zephyr down the right track now I'm on the right track now. Right, track right. you to say I'm on the right track now. Okay, let's let's go on, let's do
6: that.
0: You are tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming live around the world at KWTF.net. You just heard Right Track Now by the Rocky C. Hall, also known as Rocky Erickson, of the 13th Floor Elevators. I have to admit that I cheated on this one because Jason Porter actually chose a whole series of songs that he felt went well with his book, and you can see the whole list at largeheartedboy.com in the January 2014 archives. I think this book should come with a trigger warning. If you're somewhat sensitive and overwhelmed with the world, suffer from depression, or don't see a way out of the darkness, then this book just might send you over the edge. But when you hear the author read it aloud, as I luckily got to do last year, you can really connect with how funny the book is. It's almost like as our hero is slowly falling into the darkness, we get hit with these sharp, fast punches of totally perfect humor that makes it all just seem ridiculous in the most perfect way.
2: I started a joke Which started the whole world crying But I didn't see That the joke was on me Oh no I started to cry Which started the whole world crying And at least we, that the joke was of me
0: are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming live around the world at kwtf.net. Did you know KWTF is supported by a grant from the Stan Roy Music Center and the Redwood Justice Fund? What about you? Do you support KWTF? If you don't, why not? It's so easy. Just visit kwtf.net and click on the Donate button on the top right of your screen. Speaking of which... Have you seen our new website? It's so pretty. You can stream directly through the site, find out more about your favorite shows, and stay up to date with all things KWTF. Check it out at kwtf.net. And while you're there, click on that donate button and become a monthly member. Things are tighter than tight these days, and we need your support. So please visit kwtf.net today. Even just $10 a month would make the difference between staying afloat and on the air and not. And really, what do you spend $10 a month on? That's not even your monthly coffee bill. So visit kwtf.net right now, sign up to give $10 a month or more, and keep this quirky, magical ship of creativity and collaboration afloat. You'll feel so good when you do. are tuned in to kwtf 88.1 fm bodega bay and streaming live around the world at kwtf.net the next book on my list actually kind of goes hand in hand with jason porter's book it's called department of speculation by jenny offal and it also follows along with another nervous sad hero in this case we only know her as the wife In this novel, The Wife ponders her somewhat sudden life as a wife and mother with delicious rage and sharp humor. When I first started reading this book, I actually hated it because it seemed to just be full of moaning and complaining. It's also written almost like a series of tweets, which at first was completely enraging to me. But then I found my rhythm and I started to see the total brilliance of this kind of raw emotional insight, written like a series of post-it notes stuck to the fridge. ♫ You are tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay, and streaming live around the world at kwtf.net. You just heard Marriage Tree by The Throwing Muses. I actually see a lot of similarities between Jenny Offel's writing and the songwriting of Christian Kristen Hirsch of The Throwing Muses. There is the same kind of rage and humor all wrapped together in a big complicated pile. I want to read two tiny little excerpts from this excellent book, both of which are about marriage, and both of which I totally resonate with. First, My plan was to never get married. I was going to be an art monster instead. Women almost never become art monsters, because art monsters only concern themselves with art, never mundane things. Nabokov didn't even fold his own umbrella. Vera licked his stamps for him. And, But my agent has a theory. She says every marriage is jerry-rigged. Even the ones that look reasonable from the outside are held together inside with chewing gum and wire and string.
1: Just coming in to where I store my hair Just in the rift of gold and brown Opening up a hole of light Swallowing epic as we fuse. No children pathside, though listening, we hear them. So we die. Who has the blues? Not I. Check him in another time And stand it in a new way You and me, sister Gonna hang on to a bigger day Closer to joining Closer to death And clear the streets for us they have any water in that house down the road and I will wait here for you and watch the women roll by and if you don't come back soon I pass out right here and die so I die has the, blues, I.
0: the next two books on my list are both graphic novels, which is probably my most favorite genre of books. There's just something about reading a story in comic book form, it's so much more visceral and powerful. First up is Overeasy by longtime professional cartoonist and illustrator Mimi Pond. This semi-memoir chronicles a very specific time in the 1970s Bay Area, with art school dropouts, punks, and drug dealers. Our hero stars as a kind of young, naive student, and through her sly observations and constant sketching and drawing in between shifts at a local diner, she starts to become self-aware and self-confident.
2: But what did we ask you about the I know I don't know why Oh I don't know why
0: Fond illustrates that pivotal time in a woman's life when she first starts off on her own and tries to navigate a complicated world. I love the way she describes the whole diner experience with all her excitement and new feelings as she navigates her life as a newly formed adult. She writes, Maybe it's the waitresses in their thrift store dresses which give them the look of gorgeous, cheery, dust bowl refugees or demented gangsters' malls, cracking wise to the customers. Maybe it's just that everyone here is so good looking. Maybe it's that when you sit at the counter at one end, you can flirt with someone at the other end just by looking in the mirror. Gazing into that reflected tableau, I want to jump in. And jump in she does. I can't recommend the semi-memoir enough. It's just brilliant. (laughs) And you are tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay, and streaming around the world at kwtf.net. The second graphic novel I want to talk about is the brutal but brilliant Can't We Talk About Something More Pleasant by another long-term cartoonist and illustrator, Roz Chast. In this, her first memoir, we go along with Roz Chast as she takes care of her elderly parents who live in the same Brooklyn walk-up that the author grew up in. She's an only child of these stubborn, codependent parents, and I cringed and laughed through her entire journey. She really captured a certain time and a certain spirit of a Brooklyn couple growing old in an ever-changing world. It's a sign of true brilliance when an artist can make you want to throw a book out the window and then immediately run outside and pick it up again because you just have to know how it all ends. I want to read you an excerpt from this excellent graphic memoir. Now, of course, you can't see the pictures, which are so great but I'll try to make it come alive with my bad character voice work. My parents referred to each other without any irony as soulmates. The rocks in his head match the holes in mine. Ditto. They were born 11 days apart, and they grew up two blocks apart in East Harlem, New York City. Tenements. We had nothing. They were in the same fifth grade class. He was the fat boy in the back of the room. Yep, they never dated, much less anything else, anyone besides each other. We were too poor. Plus, we lived with our parents until we were married. Aside from World War II, work, illness, and going to the bathroom, they did everything together. I'm going to Waldbombs. Hold it, I'm coming too. My mother even washed my father's hair for him. It's not as if they never fought because they did. Don't sit sideways you twistin' your kishkas. But the concept of looking for something better or being happy, that was for modern people or movie stars, i. e. degenerates. Elizabeth Taylor, seven husbands Oikavalt. They were a tight little unit. Codependent? Of course we're codependent. Thank God. Maybe they believed that if they just held on to each other really tightly for eternity, nothing would ever change. Why rock the boat? Why roil the waters? Why rattle the cage? Episode 19 of Spilling Rubies has come to a close. But have no fear, we will be back next Tuesday, streaming live at kwtf.net at 8 p.m. Pacific, every Tuesday night, to continue to delight and confuse you to the best of our abilities. In the meantime, you can always stay connected with us, including listening to past episodes at spillingrubies.com. Find us on Twitter at Spilling Rubies, and we're also on Facebook. Just search for Spilling Rubies. All episodes are also archived on iTunes, so please find us there, and if you do, please rate and subscribe, because that helps the robots notice us and move us higher up the ladder. Thanks for tuning in, and if you haven't become a member of kwtf.net yet, what are you waiting for? Please visit kwtf.net and click on that membership tab or that donate button. And now, please stay tuned for DJ Broken Record and the Broken Record radio show right here on KWTF, 88.1 FM, Bodega Bay.